want to talk uh, this time about the um, problem of jealousy. I'm sure most of you have experienced something in your life about jealousy, and I want to talk about it and see how the Lord feels about it from his word. There's a good kind of jealousy, of course. Jesus is jealous for his church. A husband can be jealous for a wife if she starts to leave him, and so on. So I want to talk about the wrong kind of jealousy, the jealousy that has to do with selfishness, great insecurities, and so on. So the insecure person attracts jealousy like, like a, a metal attracted, is attracted by a magnet. And so when a person is insecure, it can truly um, mess him up if he doesn't recognize what's going on. And a biggest, most clear example of jealousy that I could think of at the moment was Saul in the Old Testament in the first Samuel chapter 18. Um, he became jealous of David and he's quite a study and so we want to spend this time just looking at him and realizing what happened. Now David was a successful commander in his army. He had first of all dealt with Goliath which I'm sure the people heard about. Everybody was terrified by Goliath, but David delivered them. So he obviously became a hero. Now Saul, as he heard what they were saying, began to be jealous. This is what they were saying. They used to dance and sang a song. Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. That's from verse 7 in 1 Samuel 18. We'll be spending a lot of time in 1 Samuel, starting at 18. Now, because of Saul's insecurities, first of all, he had to face the fact that he didn't have the intestinal fortitude, that word is spelled G-U-T-S, to go out and face Goliath himself. And here's this young, good-looking boy. Now, he's, a, he's growing up. He's not a little kid. But he is, he is young. He's inexperienced. Um, his, his work schedule, his work history, pardon me, had been basically, I look after my father's sheep. And here's this shepherd comes along and he defeats Goliath that everyone else is afraid of, including Saul. And so the people are caught up in this, and their song that they're singing starts to irritate Saul. In verse 8 it says, Saul was very angry. This refrain or this song galled him. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, with me, uh, with only thousands, what more can he get but the kingdom? In other words, the enemy was there and started putting thoughts into Saul's mind. And the thoughts went something like this. If they're saying he can take tens of thousands, but you can only defeat a thousand, they're going to vote for him instead of you next time. Or they're going to start pushing 
to make him king instead of you. Those are thoughts that were coming into his mind. There's no indication that the people were saying that. There's no indication that they even thought that. They just were rejoicing in the fact that this young shepherd boy had delivered them from the enemy, which was the Philistines, and primarily from Goliath, who was the, who was the one to be defeated. And so as a result of not dealing with the lies that were coming into his mind, in verse 9 it says, From that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Now David was part of the court. David had come at an earlier time and played a harp to deliver Saul from, let me call it depression. It was an evil spirit that had come, but... It, David playing the heart would drive that away. So all the time that David's in the court of the king, doing different things, fighting um, with Goliath and stuff, he was around Saul. But after Goliath, Saul kept, uh, it's called a jealous eye on David. And that jealous eye, of course, suspected stuff. And he listened to voices of the enemy that was to, meant to drive a wedge between him and David in their relationship. And it was working. Because Paul didn't do what he should have done. That is, start looking at the truth. David was loyal. David had never done anything to indicate he was going to take over the temple, the temple the um, kingship from Saul, and yet he suspected him. And that created a jealousy in him that was damaging the relationship between them. Now in verse 10, 1 Samuel 18, verse 10, the next day an evil spirit from the Lord came forcibly upon Saul. I need to stop there. Because David was not dealing with his suspicion and his jealousy. He was not dealing with the thoughts that were coming from the enemy. In Ephesians chapter 6, the apostle calls those thoughts a flaming arrow. The Old, Test the Old King James, fiery darts, doesn't matter. It's shooting the arrow from the enemy into his mind and he was receiving them. As a result, God allowed an evil spirit to come upon Saul. And as he was prophesying in his house, while David was playing the harp as he usually did, Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David was not only playing the harp, he was watching, because he probably at this time discerned that there was a jealousy in Saul. And so he is able to dodge and not get hit by the sword. It's interesting that from chapter 18 of 1 Samuel all the way to 31, those chapters constantly are recording the fact that Saul is looking to David to try to kill him even pursued him with his army out in the wilderness when David went out there to hide from him, and so on. It's a big part of 1 Samuel. 
And it actually had an awful lot to do with the preparation of David to be king after Saul was gone. But I want you to understand, David did, there's nothing recorded where it says that David did things to try to take over the kingdom. There's nothing recorded that says David even spoke against Saul. As a matter of fact, there's twice when he could have killed Saul, but he simply said to his men, I will not touch God's anointed. I won't do it. Now, insecure people live in doubts and fears. They doubt that God can look after them. They fear that someone else will triumph over them because Saul's insecurity was a lack of trust in God. He needed to know and confess that God had chosen him and would look after him, but he was not even secure in that. No one could take over Israel as king unless God allowed it. But Saul didn't understand that, and so he felt he had a fight for himself. And over the years I've heard men who were maybe assistant pastors or a youth pastor, and the pastor of the church, the senior pastor, would become jealous of them because it looked as though the people liked them better than, than the senior pastor. And I've sat and listened to the tears and the, and the anger, the pain, where a young man would say, I did absolutely nothing to undermine his authority. I never spoke against him, but he's given me this rough time. And I would say, because he's, he's jealous that people see you as a favorite instead of him, and he's jealous. This is what jealousy produces. It produces a hatred which can lead to murder. That's when he hurled the spear at David. He says, I'll pin David to the wall. And he did uh, the same thing again in chapter 19, where a second time he tried to kill David that way. In verse 12, it says, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had left Saul. Saul saw, this man's anointed. I'm not. So therefore, I guess he figured if I kill David, that anointing will return to me. But he'd lost the anointing because of his jealousy, his suspicions, and the insecurity that he had in walking before the Lord. Verse 14, things get worse. <clears throat> David was a great asset to Saul's army. But there was a blindness that wouldn't let Saul see that. Verse 14, it says that everything David did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. I love that. The Lord is with you, you'll be a success. There may be people that will be jealous. But if the Lord is with you, hold on to his call. Don't let their jealousy deter you. Be kind to them, love them. Don't let it control you. Then in verse 15, it says, when Saul saw how successful David was, he was afraid of him. 
That fear is a result of insecurity. That fear is there because of his jealousy. That fear there is saying, he's going to destroy me. As a matter of fact, it was, there's a number of places where Saul, in those number of chapters where Saul is saying to his commanders, his army, he's saying, David is trying to kill me. And that's how he could get them motivated to go look for David in the wilderness in the latter chapters. Because he was fearful. And the more people loved David, in verse 16, it says, But all Israel and Judah loved David because he led them in their campaigns, just adding all the more to Saul's problem. But we need to realize Saul could have stopped us at any time. Ask God to forgive him. Ask David to forgive him. Confess it before his army, saying, I was wrong. I was wrong. I misread. He could have stopped it at any time, but he chose not to do that. He chose to continue to pursue his desire to put David to death. Now let me point out something else. His jealousy towards David had already destroyed the relationship they had with this young man who had saved his kingdom from the Philistines by killing Goliath, who was doing great thing by being successful in the campaigns where Saul had sent him. But now it's starting to destroy Saul's family. Saul is so desperate. In verse 17 of that same chapter, 25, it says that, um, here's, my young, here's my older daughter, David. I'm going to give her to you in marriage. But David didn't feel as if he deserved that. He was just a shepherd boy. and He kind of hid, uh, messed around a bit, and I guess it didn't pick up. And so she was given to somebody else. But Saul, in his offering this girl to David, said, um, he has to fight my battles for me to get her hand in marriage. And he, he says, I won't raise my hand against him. I'll let the enemy do David in. But it didn't work. David still won the battle. So then in verse 20, um, Saul heard that his younger daughter was in love with David. So he said, I'm going to try it again. And this time he says to David, if you'll go out and defeat a thousand Philistines, um, I will give you my younger daughter. And Saul's plan in verse 25 says, was to have David fall by the hands of the Philistines. Just a moment. He's able to sacrifice the love of his first daughter for David. Then he's willing to sacrifice the love of the second daughter for David. Now I know the first daughter loved him because I just read a minute ago that all Judah and all Israel loved David. And so here, here Saul is destroying his family, wounding the first one, wounding the second one, with a plan to give them as a wife so he could destroy the one she just married. So it's destroying relationships in his family. Listen to what it says in 1 Samuel 18, verses 28 and 29. Jealousy actually creates imaginary enemies. Listen to it. When Saul realized that the Lord was with David, and that his younger daughter loved David, Saul 
became still more afraid of him, and he remained his enemy for the rest of his days. The person that you're jealous of, you will start to hate them. The person that you're jealous of, you will start to do things to destroy them. You will start to do things to tear down their reputation to others. You might even accuse them of things that are wrong. And you probably will someday accuse them of being jealous either of you or of someone else because the sin of procrastinate, projection, the sin of projection has to do with, I say, if I have a jealous problem, but in order for people not to see it in me, I point at somebody else and say, they're jealous of me. Hopefully the people will, will believe me and not see the jealousy in me. That's what Saul was doing. Becoming envious of someone and having suspicions contribute to jealousy. The root of jealousy is pride. Pride says I'm better than that person. I should be getting the attention they are getting. Or I should have what they have. I should be like what they are. It's pride. Humility would say I want to bless that person. Pride says, I want what they have. Jealousy makes a person inwardly focused and is fueled by self-pity and anger. Failure to control our thoughts continually add to jealousy. That's what Saul should have done, control those thoughts, as it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Take every thought captive, tear down imagination, speculations, says in 2 Corinthians. As Paul accused David of trying to destroy him, he was experiencing that sin of projection that I mentioned a minute ago. And jealousy is simply a cancer of the soul. Jealousy will eat and eat at you. It will keep you from sleeping right. It will keep you from relaxing because you're all the time in your mind, you're creating um, situations that are not really true. You may take little things that were said, little things that were done by the person you're jealous of, but in your imagination you start to build and build and build, not jealousy. And, and as the thoughts come to you from the enemy to build your suspicions even higher, you actually are convinced in your being that it is true. Deception basically says to me all the time, deception says that lie is the truth. And deception, if I were to define it the way I think Webster might have defined it, is that deception is when I believe something to be 100% true, but it's wrong. But I believe it to be true. I'm convinced it's true. And that deception adds to all the stuff from the suspicions, and jealousy grows and grows. And in it, we have broken marriages, broken homes, broken board meetings, broken workforces, broken, broken, because people are jealous of somebody else. And yet, so often, there's no foundation to it. Even if there is a foundation, we still should be thankful for what they have. We still should be thankful for the progress they've made or the advances they've made. We should be thankful that they're a good-looking person and I'm not, or they're, they're nice and slender and I'm... No, I should be thankful and thank the Lord for them.
And jealousy, if it is not controlled, will become aggressive as, as we've seen in Saul. In Proverbs 27, verse 4, it says, Anger is cruel and fury overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? In other words, it's worse than anger. And it's worse than fury because it builds and it will not let you go. It will call for vengeance. It will call for action that you can destroy that person so that they are not standing taller than you are. And you see, it's very difficult because if somebody is, is jealous of you, they start to accuse you of things that you have done when you haven't done it. It's frustrating because how can you prove you didn't do something if you didn't do it? Maybe it's possible sometimes, but not always. In Psalm 79, verse 5, jealousy is described as a burning like fire. Song of Solomon 8, 6 says much the same. Zechariah 8 verse 2 says much the same thing. Jealousy is like a burning fire within you. It won't let you go. Jealousy is a sin. Romans 13, 13 says jealousy is a sin. It's also listed in 2 Corinthians 12, 20 and Galatians 5, 20. It's listed with all the other sins that we're so used to. Now, David knew something about jealousy. There's two times that David saved Saul's life when he could have killed him. One time was in the cave. David was in his manor hiding there. Saul came in. He's looking for a washroom. And while he was there, David snuck up behind and cut a little piece off his garment. Later, he called out to Saul when Saul was back with his men, trying to say, I, I haven't done anything. I could have killed you. And Saul's response is, oh, David, I'm so sorry. I know you don't want to. I know I'm sorry. I'm going to stop. And he commanded his army, and they're all to go home. Now, logically, you'd think if he re Saul repented, David would go back to Jerusalem and go back into the courts of Saul and work for him, but he didn't. It said he went into hiding. David knew what jealousy does because within a few verses, Saul again is submitting to that jealous spirit that had come upon him, and he was back out there with his army looking for David. David knew that it wasn't the end of it, and both times Saul repented. But both times he renewed the jealousy and began to come back on him again. As a matter of fact, in Ezekiel 8, verse 5, the Bible talks about an idol of jealousy. I believe he's saying if that thing controls you, that's become your God. It controls your emotion, it controls your thinking, everything about it. And it's going to take some serious prayer, serious prayer, maybe even deliverance from evil spirit of jealousy. We've dealt with it many times evil spirit of jealousy, but you have to repent of it, you have to acknowledge it, confess it to your brothers and sisters to get rid of it. There's a number of examples in scriptures that I can't, I don't have time to go into. 
One example is Genesis 37.4. This is Joseph's brothers when they sold him into Egypt. Why? Because they were jealous of him. There's men of Ephraim. When Gideon went and defeated the enemy with only 300 men, the men of Ephraim were jealous. And Judges 8 verse 1. They were rebuked for him. The laborers in the vineyard for Matthew 20 verse 12. They were jealous of the owner's son and killed him. Jesus using that as a parable to tell about his son. And then, of course, the prodigal son from Luke 15, round 28, the elder brother, he was jealous. And you see, he um, would not even come to the party that his father threw for the younger son because he's jealous. Father, there's so much jealousy in our lives, so much jealousy in our nation, in our schools and in our churches. Lord, forgive us in our homes. Lord, please bring people to repentance that hear this. Let your spirit move on them. In the name of Jesus, amen. Please visit our website at jwmi.ca to find out about more information of our ministry.